According to the website savedinamerica.org, nearly 30% of missing children are being trafficked. That's thousands of children who are basically for sale. But please don't stop listening because this is such a disturbing statistic. Child sex trafficking is something we all need to learn more about because we can actually make a difference. And I want you to stay tuned so we can talk about ways to do that. Now, this problem is happening everywhere. It's in all 50 states. But fortunately, there are lots of great organizations that have joined the fight against child sex trafficking. And maybe one of them is a perfect fit for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Unlovely Truth. I'm your host, private investigator Lori Morrison, and I'm going to bring you more stories from the world of true crime, and then we'll see where they intersect with our faith. Now, I do need to let you know, this episode does discuss sensitive issues, so please be sure that you're ready if you're going to stay with us through this whole episode. It's not graphic, but the information is disturbing. But it's so, so important that we learn more about this. So I'm glad that you're here with me today. And I hope that you will share this episode with all your friends, not for me, but for all of the kids that you might help save. This is season three, episode 23. Today, we're going to focus on helping kids who have been trafficked and do what we can to prevent this horrible crime from happening to other kiddos. First, I want us to take just a real quick look at some of the numbers around this issue so that we can put some context to it. I did quite a bit of research prepping for this episode, and what I learned is absolutely heartbreaking. I'll spare you the worst of it, but there are some things we all need to know so that we can really understand, at least a little bit, the huge scope of this problem. And the first thing we need to be aware of is that this can impact any family in any community, even yours. According to a USA Today article, and I've linked that article in the show notes so you can read the whole thing for yourself, about 10,000 children a year suffer the horrors of commercial sexual exploitation right here in the United States. And depending on which set of statistics you're looking at, the average age of a trafficked child is anywhere from 13 to 15 years old or so. When I saw that, my mind just immediately went to, what was I doing at that age when I was 13, 14, 15 years old? And really, I was mostly still a kid who was just trying to figure out what this whole acting like a young lady was supposed to look like. School and sports were my top priorities. I hadn't become a Christian yet, and I still had so much tomboy in me. The idea of actually having sex with anyone, let alone multiple older men who were paying for the use of my body, that just never would have even occurred to me. But for children who have been trafficked, on average, they are forced to have sex more than five times every day. That kind of makes me want to throw up. And I hope that at least a little bit, it makes you want to throw up too. That's not a life anyone would want or choose. These kids no matter what their background, what their circumstances, how they came to be where they are, they are victims. And then one of my next thought was, well, where do all these kids come from? And it might shock you to know that the majority of runaways are approached by a trafficker within the first 48 hours from the time they're reported missing. 
These traffickers know who's vulnerable. They know who to target. But these kids aren't all runaways. 60% of trafficked children are from the foster care system. Because like I said, criminals know who's vulnerable. They know who to target. They know where to find them. Significant risk factors for kids when it comes to being trafficked include recent migration or relocation, substance use and abuse, mental health concerns, like I said, being involved with the child welfare system, being a runaway, of course, or being homeless. But traffickers will also shop around online for their victims. They'll hang out at shopping malls, bus stops. They even send people into schools to be spotters for them. They hang out at after-school functions, anywhere that teens hang out. And unfortunately, traffickers aren't just strangers. Many survivors report that they were trafficked by someone they knew, often a boyfriend, but even sometimes by family members, including their own parents. Sex trafficking is the second largest underground black market industry in the country, right behind drug trafficking. And it's estimated that before too long, it will even overtake that. It's estimated that sex trafficking generates 99 billion billion with a B, dollars every year. And sometimes pimps can even make almost $400,000 themselves. I don't know about you, but I certainly don't make anywhere near that. But that's one of the reasons that this problem is so difficult to fight, because so many people are making so much money off of these victims. And again, just to try to look at this in context, All of the professional sports leagues in North America combined only make around $80 a year. If that seems a little overwhelming, let's take a quick break, and then we'll hear some stories of hope and learn how we can help. I just want to thank you again for being a listener of The Unlovely Truth, and I've got a quick favor to ask you. If you know an event planner at a church or a community group, I'd love for you to let me know who that person is so I can contact them. I've got a message based on Jesus's parable of the Good Samaritan, and it's where I challenge people to get out of the audience and into the action so they can become, like you are, a person of impact. You can email me, Lori, that's L-O-R-I, at theunlovelytruth.com, or send me a message on social media. I would love to hear who you might be able to connect me with. Thank you. Brad Miles, the CEO of the Polaris Project, which is a group that operates the National Human Trafficking Hotline, said that more trafficking victims are being recognized and heightened public awareness that the hotline exists is helping. But he still believes that the vast majority of victims are not even being found. But here are two stories of girls who were found thanks to people like you who took one simple step and made an impact. Liz Williamson was trafficked by her mother, starting when she was just six years old. Men paid to have sex with her, and her mom told her, smile, look pretty, and do whatever he says if you love me. Her mother wanted to make money off not only that, but child pornography. 
Liz said she tried to run away, but well-meaning hotel employees would tell her to go back to her room and be polite to her family. They missed the warning signs. Today, she speaks out about how important rescue ministries like Courage Worldwide are. That's the group that helped her get out of trafficking for good. And they help educate people on what those signs are so they won't get missed like they did for Liz. Sherry and her cousin were trafficked out of a Wendy's restaurant in Toledo, Ohio. They'd gone there simply to get Frosties. Traffickers spotted them, pretended to be family members of a friend of theirs, and convinced them to leave with them. They took Sherry and her cousin to a house where they were told they were not going to be leaving and that they were going to be doing whatever these people told them. They were forced to perform sex acts at motels, strip clubs, and travel plazas. If they tried to escape, they were beaten severely. But one night, as Sherry and her cousin were forced to work at a truck stop, a truck driver saw them, saw how very young they were, and called 911. Because of that one phone call, Sherry and her cousin were rescued and reunited with their families. Now, every single one of us knows how to make a phone call. We just need to know those signs that might indicate that kids we see could be being trafficked. Truckers Against Trafficking works hard to educate truck drivers across the country on how to spot potential human trafficking victims. Here are just a few red flags that we can all be on the lookout for in neighborhoods where we live and work or on the road as we travel. Do you know of any residences or businesses that have a high volume of men coming in and out all day and night long? Call the police. Do you see homes or businesses that have bars on the windows and barbed wire around the property, yet they don't seem to be abandoned? Call the police. Do you notice a couple or a group of people where only the man speaks for everyone? That's a huge red flag. And when you're traveling, be on the lookout for young people who seem to be unsure of where they are or they look like they might be under the control of whoever they're traveling with. Alert somebody at that travel center and have them call 911. If a kid you know suddenly seems very detached from the people he loves or he's isolating himself or herself from family members and friends, that's a warning sign. Talk to them. When people like you and me get involved, there can be more stories of hope and healing like Liz and Sherry's. Don't forget, boys can be trafficked as well. So don't overlook a young man who seems to be in distress. It's so much better to call 911 and be wrong than for that young man to continue being essentially someone's slave. Of course, these stories made me think of Psalm 127 verse 3, and this is from the New Living Translation. Children are a gift from the Lord. They're a reward from him. Unfortunately, not everybody treats kids like they're a gift from the Lord. Now, I have children, and I can't even imagine them experiencing the pain and the trauma that I read about getting ready to give you this episode. And even if you don't have kids of your own, I bet you've got nieces or nephews or neighborhood kids or kids from your church that you work with, and you would do anything to protect them if you knew something like this might be happening to them. But sadly, not every kid has somebody looking out for them. Now stop and think for a minute. Think about that last little child that you held in your arms. Now picture someone taking that child and forcing them into a life like the ones we've talked about today. 
I hope that some of you will want to join this fight in a very significant way, maybe with one of the agencies that I've linked to in the show notes. But here is something every single one of us can do. And it may seem a bit shocking, but it's so very important. Teach your children or your grandchildren or those nieces and nephews, really any child you have in your life, that it is okay to say no or even be rude to an adult if they feel unsafe or threatened. I mean it. I had a sixth grade teacher who was way too friendly with his female students, but we'd all been brought up and taught that you had to treat teachers with respect. So we all just kind of accepted that we were going to be uncomfortable around him. Then one day he tried to take things way too far with one of my classmates, and she was so very brave, and she told her family what he did. She's a hero. She is a person of impact. We have to let kids know that it's okay to say no, even if it's to that family member who wants to give hugs and kisses to everyone. If that child is not comfortable with that kind of contact, they need to know they have the right to say no. They need to know they control what happens to their body. Nobody else. Oh, gosh, I want to thank you for hanging with me through a very difficult topic like child sex trafficking. If this is an area where you feel God nudging you a little, you can learn more about it by going to the show notes for this episode. There's plenty of links. There's one to another episode on that topic with an amazing guest, Stephen David Lampley, a retired law enforcement officer who still dedicates himself to child victims. You'll also find some links to other groups like the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and Truckers Against Trafficking. You can find ways to take small steps to become a different kind of PI, a person of impact. The Unlovely Truth is written and produced by me, Lori Morrison. Music is by Neil Cortex and artwork is by Shelby Hyland. See you all next time. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.